Radio Gag, the Gays Against Guns show. Prepare to gag, yeah. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Radio Gag, the weekly Gays Against Guns show. Radio Gag is your weekly update on how to end the horror that is the American gun violence epidemic. I'm Libby Edwards. And I'm Sarah Germain Lilly. This week, we'll be talking about ghost guns, untraceable guns that are widely available to anyone without a permit. And they are untraceable and sometimes undetectable to a metal detector. So, of course, they are very attractive to criminals or anyone who wants to commit violence without being traced. But first, our in memoriam. This week, we will be honoring the lives of 10 women, trans women, who have been killed by senseless gun violence just since the end of April 2021. Thank you to Sylvan and to Frank Gargiulo for providing this information. In memoriam, Jada Peterson, 29, Charlotte, North Carolina. Jada was one of two transgender women killed in Charlotte within two weeks. She was deadnamed and misgendered by the police and media. She was a person who lived her life to the fullest. Dominique Luscious, 26, Springfield, Missouri. Dominique was shot to death allegedly by a man she met through an app. It took a while for her family to adapt to her transition. She loved herself how she was, and that's what made everybody adore her. Tiara Banks, 24, Chicago, Illinois. Tiara was sitting alone in her car when the shooter approached and shot her multiple times. She was one of three trans women to have been killed in Chicago over recent months. Iris Santos, 22, Houston, Texas. Santos was sitting on a park bench when a gunman shot her several times. Relatives shared that Santos was unapologetically herself, a trait that many admired. I'm me now, Santos told her sister. I'm finally me. Thomas Harden, 35, York, South Carolina. Harden, a black transgender woman, continued to use the name Thomas and used both he and she pronouns. Friends remember Harden as someone who always kept you laughing. Sophie Arietta Vasquez, 36, Brookhaven, Georgia. A member of the Australia community, she worked to support transgender people in the Atlanta area. Friends and family described her as the kindest person on the planet and truly beautiful inside and out. Danica Danny Henson. 31, Baltimore, Maryland. Henson was shot and killed in her Baltimore home. A day before her death, Henson posted, please pray for me. Family members feared she may have been killed by someone she knew or an intimate partner. Whispering Wind Bear Spirit, 41, York, 
Pennsylvania. Whispering Windbear Spirit was shot to death during an attempted robbery. An indigenous non-binary person, Whispering Wind Spirit, described themselves as Shawnee by birth and Potawatomi by relations. Serenity Hollis, 24, Albany, Georgia. Hollis was shot to death walking in Albany, Georgia. She had survived a violent attack several years earlier when she was stabbed 22 times. Hollis was repeatedly dead named and misgendered in reports. Oliver Ollie Taylor, 17, Gervais, Oregon. Ollie, a white transgender teen in Oregon, was kidnapped and shot to death. A community service-focused young person, Ollie was involved in sports, theater, and future farmers of America. This week, Shep Wannan interviews State Senator Brad Hoylman. We at Radio Gag want to thank Senator Hoylman for his part in suspending Rudy Giuliani from practicing law in New York State for the blatant lies and misinformation he spread about the 2020 election. Later in the show, we'll have our Shantuzis from Sing Out Louise, including me and you, Libby. Oh. Serenade <laughs> America's worst mayor in honor of the occasion. And now for the interview. Hi, I'm Chef Wannan. And it's my pleasure to welcome State Senator Brad Hoyleman, my friend and my senator. Welcome, Brad. Thanks, Chef, for having me. Cool. Anyway, Brad, for those who don't know, can you explain what ghost guns are and why they're so dangerous? Yeah, thank you. And this is a really important issue these days. In fact, the Brady Center and other gun organizations claim that ghost guns are the rising concern in our society. And I, I couldn't agree more based on what they are, which is basically a ghost gun is a gun with no serial number, which means uh, it's not traceable by law enforcement. The legislation that I've introduced defines it as a gun that isn't serialized in accordance with state serialization and registration requirements. And it, it does not include uh, antique firearms or guns that are manufactured prior to 1968. Guns that are untraceable, hence the ghost part of it. They're assembled in parts. You don't need a background check to buy them. You can order them off the internet. And in some cases, you can actually download them from the internet if you have a 3D printer. Wow. Sounds dangerous. Can you please tell us about your efforts and the efforts of others in the New York State Legislature to pass the Jose Webster Untraceable Firearm Act and the Scott J. Bagel Unfinished Re Receiver Act. Yeah, what we did in Albany this past year is pass legislation that is called the Jose Webster Untraceable Firearms Act, which is in effect a ghost guns ban. It was named after a young man who was shot and killed and it's in his memory. And what it would do is prohibit the sale of ghost guns, straight up, you can't, can't sell them in New York any longer. It would prohibit the knowing possession of a ghost gun. If you knew that you had one, well, that's gonna be a misdemeanor. And it would require gunsmiths, those registered licensed gunsmiths, 
to promptly serialize all of the firearms that they might have possession or come in contact with, rifles, shotguns, unfinished frames or receivers, to not only serialize them, but to register them with, with the state police. But Brad, couldn't people still download them and do them privately on their own without anyone uh, intervening, any government agency? Um, they could, but they would be breaking the law. Currently, they are not breaking the law if they do that. So that's why you know these gaps are so necessary to be filled. Right now, individuals manufacturing guns or downloading them like that don't have to serialize them under federal law. There's a Federal Gun Control Act about... We passed that, like, I don't know, it's several decades old. It required licensed manufacturers to serialize firearms that they manufacture, but only if they're engaged in the business of manufacturing firearms, meaning people who manufacture firearms for personal use, like they assemble them at home or like they download them from the Internet, don't have to do anything under federal law to have them serialized. So that is the top line concern. And that's why so many gun advocacy organizations are urging action. Again, we passed that legislation in both the Senate and the assembly. It's uh, on the governor's desk for his signature. Well, how have gun violence prevention groups such as Every Town, Brady, Moms Demand Action, New Yorkers Against Gun Violence, and GAG helped in uh, passing this legislation? Well, gag is so crucial for a few reasons. One, you guys put on a really good show. <laughs> and a lot of what surrounds the advocacy is how it resonates with the public in a memorable fashion. And I think that's why gag is, you know, really a useful and effective advocacy organization. Uh, you know, the history of gag, you know, having you know, been assembled after the Pulse nightclub shooting is extremely meaningful uh, to me on a personal level as a, as a gay man. And as someone who at the time that the Pulse nightclub shooting happened, I introduced a resolution on the floor of the then Republican led uh, Senate chef. And I pointed out in my resolution and memorializing all those deaths that most of those who were murdered were LGBTQ uh, and people of color. And, you know, the Republicans took that portion of the resolution out. They did not let me pass that resolution mentioning LGBTQ people or people of color. And, you know, so the fact that you are activated and organized around our community is phenomenal. But we work closely uh, as legislators with advocates all the time. Uh, New Yorkers Against Gun Violence, as you say, Every Town, Brady, uh, Moms Demand Action, and GAD. You know, it's crucial that we get a local voice because these issues cross, you know, state lines. And because we know that we need a federal response, really, that's what we ultimately need. We don't have the votes in the Senate, however, it seems, to get the laws that we need at the federal level. So New York has to continue to strengthen our gun laws, build on the SAFE Act, and make certain that 
everyone's held accountable. Uh, speaking of accountability, one of the bills I'm proudest that we just sponsored is the legislation that would hold gun manufacturers liable for importing illegal firearms into our city and state. Well, Brad, we're very happy we have um, an advocate like you um, up in Albany. Uh, GAG is actually processed at uh, gun manufacturers uh, as well. And um, maybe one of these days when you're out of office, you've got more time, you can join GAG. <laughs> you are a gang against guns. <laughs> Wait, lastly, these bills are laudable, but let's put a human face on it. Can you tell us something about Jose Webster, after whom your bill was named, and why you chose him? Sure. Um, you know, he was uh, a young man who was really on the precipice of his life. And the fact that he was uh, struck down without having the opportunity to pursue his dreams and without any chance to lead what we all want to see in ourselves and our, our, our children is just appalling. So I think that we honor his name and his memory through this legislation, but we also know that there are a lot of Jose Webster's children, young people, innocent victims of gun violence throughout New York and our entire country. He represents I think the most poignant and troubling aspect of gun violence, that it is often random and merciless and steals roles from their families and their communities, just as it did for, for Jose Webster. Well, thank you, Senator Hoyleman. Thank you for being our voice in Albany. And thank you for being my senator all these years. And happy belated pride. Thank you. Happy Friday to you, Shep, and uh, see you in the neighborhood. You're listening to Radio Gag, the Gays Against Guns show, here on listener-sponsored commercial-free radio, WBAI. We are here every Tuesday afternoon at 2.30, bringing you the latest in gun violence prevention news. And next week, we will be talking to State Senator Zelmer Myrie about legislation and funding that he has proposed to bring resources to our communities and help reduce gun violence. I've been thinking lately that responsible gun owners are going to be the pivotal group in our fight. This week, I caught up with Scott Papalardo, a terrific guy who owns a gun and is working hard on gun safety. He's been working with other gun owners in groups like Giffords to fight ghost guns, among other issues. Good afternoon, listeners. Uh, we are so excited to be here today with Scott Papalardo, who is a gun violence prevention activist 
And one of the most famous things that he has done, and I've seen him on Facebook, maybe you have too, dismantling an AR-15. So we're excited to have you here today, Scott. How are you? I'm well, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Right. Now, you are well known for your expertise in gun safety and for being a gun owner. How easy is it to get a ghost gun and how do you actually put it together? Uh, to put it into perspective how easy it is, um, I had purchased a ghost gun. I went online on a Monday night about 6.30 p.m. with a credit card. I ordered it, had it delivered to a New York City address by Thursday morning. So it's that simple to get. And as far as putting it together, I ordered a handgun on that, 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 that from the ghost gun site that I was on. And I could put that gun if I ordered all the parts in about 45 minutes. Wow. Wow. And, and that's done with basic basic tools. It's nothing fancy to, to, to accomplish a, a complete firearm. Wow. Wow. And that is untraceable, undetectable by a metal detector? That, that there, the, you know, the undetectable by a metal detector is, is true and not true. There are firearms that would be undetectable, particularly the ones you completely build with a 3D printer. But those firearms are not the, the real threat. I mean, something terrible can happen with them. But the ghost guns that, that are, are the biggest threat are, are unfinished frames and receivers, which you order online, and you just have to do some milling and filing to complete them. And they are a fully functional, regular firearm. They are detectable, you know, but they're a bigger threat than the, the 3D un, undetectable firearms. Okay. They're untraceable because they don't have serial numbers. Great. Okay. Got it. Why do people want to own a gun like this or feel that they have a right to own it? Really, I break it down to three things. There are people that enjoy the hobby of building their firearms. And and it's like people that play guitar build a, a, a guitar that fits their, their frame and their need. And, and it's a legitimate thing. So there are those people out there. But the other two classifications that I like to say is there's a person that is restricted from owning a firearm. And here we just saw the background check system stop 300,000 sales of firearms to, to prohibited people in the past year. Those people aren't going to stop there and say, oh, I couldn't have a firearm, so forget it. They can go online and get these ghost guns because they don't have to go through a background check. And then there's also the person that can pass a background check, but they don't want the government knowing how many firearms they have or what they have. So they can go through this route because there's no background check system, no registration. You know, it's just a credit card sale or, or Bitcoin or, or money orders. So, you know, that's, that's, that, those are the three main reasons people want them. And, and quite frankly, it, it's perfectly illegal for, the, for them to do it. So why wouldn't they? Yeah. Um, I, and, and I just wonder also, why are ghost guns sold to the general public? What's a motivation for selling them? Well, I, I, I believe there's two driving factors. One is money. You know, you know there's, there's financial gain for these companies. And also there's people that, that, that believe that people should be able to own whatever they want to own. So, you know, they're, they're available out there and they're not breaking any laws. 
you know, that it's legal for them to sell. Now, what the, the end user does with that gun, like in my case, I bought uh, a handgun. I do not have a handgun permit. Um, and right now, that is just, you know, like they say, it's a paperweight. If I was to complete that firearm, I would then be in violation of the law and subject to, you know, the penalties involved. But up to that point, until I assemble it, it's all perfectly legal. Okay. Now, I am so excited to talk to you today because you're a gun owner. Uh, you know, I'm not. I, I, whenever I went to visit my uh, grandparents, you know, there was always a rifle under the bed. You know, but they, they, they were hunting. It was from a hunting culture. But in a lot of states, there are firearms in the house. And it seems to me that now gun owners themselves are going to be the most important group to advocate for gun safety regulation. Can you tell us something about gun owners and the way that they've become advocates for gun safety? Yes, but first I have to start with storing a firearm underneath a bed is not safe storage. I know that was a while ago as your grandparents, but I just have to say that they should be locked up and, and safe and, and out of the hand, you know, in where no one can access them. Um, now, my position as far as being a gun owner, I think gun owners that are just sit there blind and just say, you know, they just want to grab our guns and, you know, they want to take them all away. Now, you can sit there with that position. But me personally as a gun owner, and I, I want to continue to be a gun owner, I think I need to be part of that conversation. So we can hopefully meet in the middle and come to common grounds where, yes, I still can you know have my second amendment rights but we can also do it where we're protecting people and we're not letting those firearms get into the hands of people that are, are prohibited and restricted and, and and just try to make the world a safer place and still have our rights great yeah so i am i am curious how do you feel about the biden administration's new proposals and that and biden has said that he's going to be looking at gun violence prevention legislation moving forward Listen, uh, anything that they can push forward, I, I think, uh, is great. I mean, we definitely have to do, uh, address the background check system. Um, and, and to me personally, ghost guns have, has been my personal mission, if you will, um, because I think that undermines every gun law that, that's out there. And uh, I'm happy that he's had the DOJ address it. I'm curious to see what the verbiage is going to be as far as, you know, how they're regulating them. But um, I'm, I'm just thrilled to death that they're actually doing something about it. Great. Okay, thanks. Well, I thank you so much for being with us today. It is wonderful to have you, Scott Papalardo. Keep doing the great job you're doing advocating for gun safety. And congratulations. I, I hear you're headed to your nephew's graduation. June is a great time for these celebrations. That I am. I'm, I'm, it's a little bittersweet because I know you're familiar with Change the Ref, but they just did uh, something where they showed three over 3,000 empty seats from kids that aren't graduating this year. So it's a little bittersweet. I'm going to be thinking about that while I'm there, thinking about those people. But I'm very happy my, my, my nephew's uh, moving on to the next chapter. And, and, and thank you for having me and keep up all the good work that you guys are doing. To find out more about working with us, please go to gaysagainstguns.net or follow us at Gays Against Guns NY on Facebook and Instagram or gag no guns on Twitter. Come to a meeting. 
Here in New York, we meet every other Thursday at 7 p.m. virtually. Our next meeting is Thursday, July 8th, where we'll be planning all kinds of great actions and protests. So please join us by signing up on the website. Remember, all are welcome to gag meetings. And another great way to get involved is by becoming a BAI buddy. A BAI buddy is someone who keeps our unique volunteer-run radio show going by giving a small donation every month. Just go to give to wbai.org or call 212-209-2950 and become a BAI buddy in the name of Radio Gag. Support Radio Gag. Thank you. Thanks for listening, and we are back on July 13th with our episode Gays Against Ghost Guns 2 at 2.30 p.m. And don't forget, you can listen to our previous shows anytime on the WBAI website or on any major podcast platform. We leave you with our fabulous singing quartet, Sing Out Louise. Number nine, everyone knows it's Rudy. Oh, yay. Who's jumping out in front of a camera, spinning his lies and singing his Who breaks the law and says he's a hero? Everyone knows it's Rudy. Who's going down on every dictator, smiling at dreams and handing out bribes? Who's reaching out to steal an election? Everyone knows it's Rudy.